Time and spaces do curious things. Those primordial forces we all fear with their entropic inevitability of deaths, large and small. Those same forces suffocate even the most malevolent apathy. I never write about what happens during my days anymore. Just memories. I used to wonder when it happened, that I stopped living in the present. I dreamed the same dream every night of things forgotten and tucked away until I found the grimoire of my childhood, my diary from 1994, the year it all changed. Since I found it, I've been reading a few pages every night, bite-sized pieces. It's 1994, the last year my family of 10 lived together in the same four-bedroom house in Los Angeles, California. I wrote almost every day of all the things I no longer remember. But as I read, the images explode in my mind. Something planted long ago takes root. Supernova. I'm there. I'm 10 again. Then 12. Coming of age. Straight into calculated madness. I speak in riddles now. But then I spoke in fact. Desperate for anything to happen. I wrote about every small event. Who could have known that such a monotonous life could be so shocking in retrospect? Before I ever get to the part about deprivation, there's all the punctuations in that long sentence. The riots and the lockdowns that I never spoke of in those pages, but that live in the shadow of what is not said. My father thought of life as a rigged game, where you were either born with privilege or without it. I imagine a sort of Venn diagram in his head. In circle A would be people who possess social power and resources, and circle B would be people who should possess power and resources, with a little sliver of crossover. Everything was a win-lose proposition, and the only way to win the game was not to play. If we played, We'd risk a chain of cause and consequence with completely unforeseen chaotic potential outcomes. And we couldn't have that. But when everything is an emergency, nothing is an emergency. Neglect by suffocation. I have been seen, and I didn't like that movie. I have been seen until I scrubbed away my skin and traded it for skin of sun and stars. And it was heavy. I have been seen until I daydreamed that my boiling soul fire evaporated into mist. Nothing left to see here. No more shade to hide in. Yet like a vampire whose hunger-induced madness could overpower even her self-loathing, I saw part of myself in that darkness. The holographic shape of the girl who spins on her pointed toes in bound feet, and her crank that turns and turns. She smiles, she spins, and her gears click inside. Saturday, October 15, 1994. Sunny, warm, and breezy. Today, me, Helen, and April walked up to the lake. It was such a nice walk. I had so much fun. It was the perfect weather out to take a walk. 
Helen and April had a nice time too. It was a badly needed break for both of them. I also went to the fabric store today and got the lace I needed to finish the bookmark I've been making for Lori. It'll be done by tomorrow, and tomorrow is her birthday. I'm almost done with the sweater I'm knitting too. It's the very first sweater I've ever knitted before. I think it's coming along very well. Marianne says I pick things up quick. I turned 12 that year. The writing is childish. I'm processing new experiences emotionally more like a seven or eight year old. Obviously socially delayed. Innocent, empathetic, a warrior, ready to grab at any straw. But those pages also held a quiet foreboding shaped by the many named heads of darkness that filled that house. Sometimes I imagine detectives poring over my journals and search histories after I've gone missing. The digs from true crime YouTubers like the last thing she did was search how much is a nose job and then how much is a good nose job. I don't know how to talk about my current life anymore. I'm fractured. There are two of me. One who fakes it and one who lives in the past, longing for a wind to blow me clean. I'm filled with stories that leave people in a state of cognitive dissonance. Those who believe the stories never look at me the same. And those who don't believe them name me liar, manipulator, because what kind of person would make up those stories? Nobody tells you how to be normal after the ordeal is over. You can't get a PhD in your own life and the important people who changed the course of your own history. If I could only map them the lines of my life, maybe I could untangle them. Now, I hold this little green book and I am her again. That little girl lost in madness with no voice. I'll read through a few more dates in the diary tonight. I'm up to Joanna's birthday on December 4th. The book ends in January when Marianne escaped from the house that night. I don't know which night yet. I didn't read that far ahead. I only peeked. It's a terrifying thing being confronted with my own history, my own hidden memories slapping me in the face. My skeletons are knocking in my closet as I read further into this book. But I can't help noticing that today's tyrant is tomorrow's ashes. History forgets the fussy matron who torments the maiden, just as it forgets the maiden who ages into her own matronly bitterness, sins, and tired power plays. All of that will be forgotten. But the blood remembers. Every cell remembers. A primordial generational mark, forever shaped by the dreams and sins of ancestors we never knew. My roots are shallow, but I still bloom.